Can you hear me? I can hear you. Out of one ear. Yeah, yeah. How does it sound out of one ear? Uh, not great. <laughs> it doesn't sound great out of two ears, let me tell well. you. It probably sounds even worse out of one ear. Yeah. Hey, it's Eye on Health. My name is Michael Jones. I got Eric Robert, Eric Beto Robert, running the show That's over there. That's right. <laughs> Shortly. <laughs> Shortly announcing uh, my candidacy, yeah. Oh, thank you. Very good. How are things going for you? You know, it's been a week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, the one-eared headphones for the next uh, four hours are just kind of putting the cherry on top. Well, this one will work for you. You can have this one. That's done. all right. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I hope everyone's having a better week than Eric Beto is having this week. You know, I it, it, we have to say this, okay? It's a little rainy, a little dreary, yeah. but it's not freezing cold. No. Okay. But what's going on with traffic? I don't want to talk about traffic. It's a sore subject this week. <laughs> it's like uh, one drop of rain and everyone loses their mind. I am so freaking aware. And it's this time of year. Yeah. You can't take any more distractions. No. Because you're driving. Right. You're also Amazon shopping on your yeah, phone you gotta, while you're driving. You, right. you might as well multitask. Exactly. While you're, you know, and then the rain comes. And that's yeah. just too much. Listen, it's it, a bridge th- too th- far. That's the rule on the world, right? Like only one of us can be texting at a time because somebody else has to be paying attention to the road. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No. Oh, oh, I thought it was my turn. Don't text and drive for the record. Oh, yeah, Don't right. do that. Oh, yeah. Not that's worth it. Very good warning. That's yeah. great. Uh, hey, you sent me a pretty good text last night, though, as How I was about halfway that? asleep. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I didn't realize it was 1030 when I sent it. I was like, oh, sorry, 1030. <laughs> but big news. Very big news. Um, you know, it's funny. We predicted this. With this show cut its cut its teeth on Obamacare six years ago was yeah. we were kind of getting ramped up, and you and I both said at the time, "How does a law like this stand?" I believe our exact words were quoting the forty first president George H W Bush: "This will not stand." <laughs> and um, Eric's favorite chief justice, John Roberts, <laughs> Beto, <laughs> Eric John Beto Roberts. <laughs> Did some uh, legal gymnastics to make the thing constitutional. Now, this is what's interesting about that, because it's that decision that then paved the way for this decision. And there was speculation at the time that Roberts gave his ruling that there was there was more under the surface of that yeah. ruling than what expects. Now, we'll see, though, the, the, what we'll tell is this is going to the Supreme Court. By the way, sure. for those for those who don't oh, yeah. know, we haven't we yeah. didn't do the proper lead. Uh, in last here. <laughs> night, last night a, a Texas federal uh, judge struck down the Affordable Care Act, the whole thing. And if you look at what he said was Congress removed the tax penalty. That's right. Which Chief Justice Roberts said the tax penalty is what made the whole thing constitutional. Well, so Chief Chief Justice Roberts declared the penalty 
a tax, a tax. in order to make right. it constitutional. Right. Didn't even, they didn't call it a tax. He right. called it a Which tax. Which then allowed the congressional Republicans to repeal that via reconciliation, just like the whole stupid thing was passed. All right. And then a federal judge in Texas has now ruled if the tax does not exist... The entire structure of the law is gone. He used John Roberts' own logic. You you think John Roberts was up to this from the beginning. I think you're giving him too much credit. He used John Roberts' own logic against him. Uh, You know, I don't, I will say this for for listeners' edification, particularly in the last four years, Dr. Jones' political acumen has been much better than mine. I tend to be an optimist that believes the best in people. (laughs) Dr. Jones is what we would call a realist (laughs) that assumes what you see is all there is. That's because of my profession. Yeah. Look, uh, me and our special guest, Dr. Joe Ojal, has been remarkably quiet over there, by the way. Well, (laughs) we're going to try to help people sleep better and make a lot of this stuff better. (laughs) All of it. Your day, your week, the weather, Whether or not you're worried about the Affordable Care Act, (laughs) you'll sleep better with Dr. Ojal. Exactly. A couple of things. You know how much trouble I have sleeping, and here he is texting me at like 10.30 at night. Well, what, yeah. what do you got to say It's called that? Do Not Disturb, Dr. Jones. <laughs> yeah, you need to put a blocker on your phone from him. <laughs> <laughs> Take me off your favorites, so that's buddy. one comment. The other comment is, we our, our profession kind of forces you to become a realist, right? It does. You, you, we you, deal with it every day. You deal with, uh, you deal with things you don't want to deal with. You deal with personalities of individuals that normally, in normal life, you would never choose to deal with, but we are forced to. And it does make us, I believe, astute observers of the body politic. Yeah. Yeah. And I will tell one, he has a pretty good political, uh, he, he, he predicted lots of things happening when we would walk to the car after the show. He's pretty sure. good. He predicts things too. So maybe it's just you're off. And to be clear though, to be clear though, <laughs> Wait, I did, unlike, I did unlike, miss one big prediction. Unlike though. certain residents, uh, uh, residency yeah, uh, individuals you're in, you're are on the your, show. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not yet a medical doctor. Right. We are not. Uh, doctor Urgell is not making any political claims on this. He merely reads the news. He's yes. not taking sides. So no. anything that Doctor Jones yeah, and I are saying right now has is not to reflect. I'm not saying Dr. you take sides opinion. on anything. I'm just going to let the air out of yeah, that yeah, balloon. Yeah, so that saying, way, Doctor <laughs> Doctor Urgell's like over there, like God, no, what am I getting no myself one, into yeah, here? No wonder he's being quiet. No, I, he doesn't take. I'm not saying he takes sides on anything. He just he accurately predicted things were going to happen too the way they did the only thing i missed on was the market he's well rested the market was i've completely missed on that uh, we'll, we'll we'll update you that next hour <laughs> well because the market doesn't allow us i mean we have the privilege the really the privilege of sitting with um significant numbers of people from all walks of life it's the nature of our profession yeah. and it's an honor to do so and listening to their concerns in life they're not just their health concerns mm-hmm. not just their eyes not just their their sleep not just their lungs and when you do that over a period of time um, they distill a certain wisdom out to us, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And and so when you start to listen and share that and understand where their their hopes, their do- desires, their fears are, it does give you some insight into what's going on if you're willing to accept it. But it's their insight. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's right. It's not. Yeah, it's not. We're not changing it. To it. Yeah. And, and that's such an astute observation. Just one pattern that I've noticed was you know going back to the 2016 election. The you know the, obviously the media and there were broad swaths of the population that thought what you know Trump getting elected was literally impossible, no way it could happen. And the people who questioned that, regardless of whether or not they thought it was a good idea or a bad idea, were people who worked with the broad general population. Mm-hmm. 
And they, they yeah. consistently, leading up to the election, were like, I don't know, guys. Yeah, we'd see these polls, and we'd be like, well, now we see patients from all walks, and we could, you, you kind of feel that these polls were not, obviously not questioning the patients that I were, were seeing, and I think it was the same for Dr. Ogile as well. Yeah. 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 And they're, they're, there's that whole aspect, it's called the wisdom of crowds, right? Mm-hmm. If you study that, and you know, again, to, to be... Uh, privileged enough to sit in that chair and talk to folks and let them share their private thoughts with you. It is a learning experience because they, they're very, there's a lot of wisdom distilled down in very simple, direct ways. We sometimes individuals tend to over intellectualize Mm -hmm. the process. And these folks are, it's where they live. Yes. They're affected by the, this is, this is serious business for them. They're living it every day. So true. We, uh, as I told people this week when it was cold, I said, you know, we're so um, fortunate that we get to joyously go to our workplace. It's work if you're digging a ditch and it's 20 degrees out or you're laying (laughs) electric line outside. That is very difficult work. I have great compassion for that. Or July when it's 100 degrees and you're laying asphalt. And we're sitting in our... You know, climate controlled offices yeah, having yeah. a visit, you know, right. so uh, it's interesting to hear those those hopes and dreams and struggles of, of individuals. It's, yeah. a, it's a privilege. It does give you, you know, it, it just gives you a look into the populace. I think a lot of people don't experience, especially um, elites or intellect, you know, want to call them intellectuals. There is so much more to say about that Obamacare ruling. I guess we've got to go to break here. We do. When we come back, we're going to have Dr. Joe Ogile from Clayton Sleep Institute. Check out his website, claytonsleep.com. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about what? Sleep? Sleep. <laughs> we can talk about all kinds of stuff. Try, we'll have an on-air nap. I'll, I'll try to stay awake <laughs> during the break. All right. Stay tuned for more Eye on Health after these words. All right, welcome back. We were waiting for that last one. Very good. Hey, it's Eye on Health. Every Saturday from 10 to 11, we're talking about your health care. Eric, I was so excited to see the schedule this week. Yeah, absolutely. Because we got class a classic back. <laughs> the classic, Dr. Joe Ogile. We've already got it like evolved into, now it's classic. Yeah, That's right. Classic, that means right. it's the vintage, the vintage vintage Joe Ogile. <laughs> You're yeah. killing me. This is good. this is going to turn into a Beach Boys reunion by the time we're done. If, if you <laughs> tell me that I'm spry, <laughs> well, Doctor Ojal has been on probably almost from the very beginning of the show, mm-hmm. or at least at one least of the, our first guests, at least certainly. the early start. So we always appreciate uh, you coming oh, on, and honored giving, to be here, giving your wisdoms about sleep, especially this time of year. Um, along those lines, um, so I, you know, when you do surgery all day like I do, you got the music on, right? Yeah. And you know you're old when they play. Poison on the oldies station. Oh man, are you kidding? I mean, that, at that point, you're just like, really? Wow. That's when you know you're old. So, yeah. well, how about they put Def Leppard into the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yeah, this week? Right, right. That's wow. same, so, same sort of thing. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the, uh, so and, and they were just in concert like this summer. <laughs> we're all get, we're all getting old, but hey, this time of year, Doctor Ogile, um, every, we just mentioned it with traffic. Everyone has ten thousand things going on. We've got parties to go to. We've got uh, shopping that seems to never end. Um, some of us, like in our profession, this is like the busiest time of the year because everyone's got their deductibles bent. So everyone is super busy. This has got to be one of the worst times of year for sleep, I it would is. guess. It is. It is exactly that. And so this is a time, and I'm so thankful that you all have or allow me to come on here with you and share a, an hour of, uh, of pleasantry uh, <laughs> on Saturday. Uh because you're doing a great service for the community, by the way, with the show. that has been a great asset, the people you've had on. Um, 
so this time of year is basically for us in healthcare, it's like Super Bowl Sunday for a month, right? Everybody yeah. wants to get in. But also for our friends and neighbors, given all the pressures that you're talking about, this is the toughest month for sleep, for sleep health. Uh, more, not sleep disease, but sleep health, because here we've got several competing issues. First of all, all of us as adults are way overscheduled. Uh, so we have impacts on our total amount of sleep opportunity. We call it sleep opportunity time, right? So um, that's an issue for us. And then for our for the young people, whether they're young children or teenage and college age uh, individuals, they have significant issues with both their schedule and their circadian rhythms because what happens is they're getting out of their normal routine and schedules. And our body's internal time clock, the things that affect our restfulness and sleep, there are three major components. We've talked about them before, but one of them is just your sleep opportunity or your, we call it the homeostatic drive. And the example I use is when you go to bed, if you think about sleep as a water pitcher, all night long while you're sleeping, you're filling up the pitcher with water, rest, and during the day you pour that water or rest out till you get to the end of the day and you're ready to go back to sleep and fill up the pitcher. That's the one thing we most folks understand, right? That's the issue of sort of sleep deprivation, not getting enough total hours of sleep. The other thing that affects people, especially this time of year, is the circadian rhythm. And the best way to understand that is if you think about there's a small pea-sized gland right behind the bridge of your nose where the optic nerves cross. So this is where our specialties cross, Dr. Jones. Um, and it's driven by light, the suprachiasmatic nucleus, and it's what gives us jet lag. So that is synced to our daily lives. It very much it syncs on many things, but life daily, but also light. And so why does that get messed up this time of year? Well, because what's happening is people are getting out of their normal routines. And so they're getting up and going to bed at very times. So effectively, what they start doing is they're giving themselves low grade jet lag. And there's two periods of maximum wakefulness, two periods of maximum sleepiness. If we have those lined up with our daily lives, we feel good when it gets out of line. Okay, when there's no alignment. So we go from here and fly to London or Paris. When it's time for when it's time for bedtime there, it's the middle of our day here, which is why it's difficult to go to sleep the first few nights when you're overseas, because even though you're exhausted, your circadian rhythm will trump your exhaustion for a period of time. And so this time of year, especially the youngsters, they're completely they're they're staying up till one or two or three in the morning. You would never let your children do that during the school year. But this time of year, oh, you know, you don't have school tomorrow, stay up. And you've got the anticipation prior to Christmas and then the stressors of all the various um, societal pressures, we'll call them, whether they're family or whatnot. They're going here, you're going there. Um, This increases irritability. Uh, It's tough on kids because, you know, then they have the stress and the pressures of all that. And as parents... We may not be as well-rested as we would like, which leads us to potentially be not as understanding and, irri- and a little more irritable than normal. I mean, that never happens with me, but whatever. Well, you, that's why I said for, I pointed at Eric and I <laughs> when I was doing that. The, right, the right, audience right, couldn't see that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let's go to adults first here. Um, we have done entire shows on how lack of sleep can cause anxiety and depression and really all sorts mm-hmm. of, uh, I guess you would say, mental issues. But can 
anxiety and depression also cause lack of sleep? I mean, can you get into this vicious cycle where they just keep feeding on each other? And then we know this time of year, for some reason, many people are extremely stressed out, right? They are. So what? you have any tips on how we can, for adults, we can break that? So I, I think two things. One, what we call that is the circular relationship between anxiety, depression, and sleep. And your, your assessment's exactly correct, as you know, which is um, anxiety and depression can contribute to sleeplessness and restless, restlessness. And the, the counter, if you're up all the time and can't sleep, it can contribute to an exacerbation of your underlying depression, anxiety. So one thing here is awareness, which we just we're doing now, thanks to you, you, you both. Two is mainly me. <laughs> working on something. Oh, okay. I, I mean, he he, he's not letting ear. you off the map. He's, no, only, got, no. he's only got one ear today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, he's like, who's that? Evander Holyfield or who got their ear bit off? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So um, the uh, the other thing is a bit of individual selfishness, and you're you're probably surprised, but I think. Um, the best way to look at that is to set aside and consciously say, look, I realize that this is going to be an issue for the next two to three weeks. I'm going to lay out a plan. Uh, if you remember that one of the, the bywords for the National Sleep Foundation in the last year was to choose sleep, is to choose this just like you choose to say, hey, it's the holidays. I'm going to not fall off my exercise plan. I'm going to try to be moderate with my diet. And number three, I'm going to try to set up a plan where I will be more moderate about my sleep disruption for myself and my family. And, you know, you two gentlemen have, of course, um, each substantially young children, it is a difficult thing, but it, it is an important level of health selfishness that I think needs to happen. That's the first thing, in my opinion. Hey, you brought up another point that we, I think we've actually talked about this before, but also this time of year with all the Christmas parties and things, we may be consuming more alcohol and maybe sugary foods, and that can also make it a little harder to sleep, right? Without question. And, and actually, that is another part of being conscious about it. If there's a time where you want to be even more... Um, aggressive about your dietary moderation um alcohol especially evening alcohol what are people doing they're going to all these celebrations they're staying up later than usual and they're consuming more alcohol than they normally would so besides the issues of wasted calories you have the issue of that alcohol becomes neurotoxic after about four hours so people are having abnormal disruptions during sleep if they have undiagnosed or diagnosed sleep apnea it makes their obstructive sleep apnea worse so all these things are problematic. So now you say you go to a party, you have a few drinks. It doesn't mean you're intoxicated. Just have a few drinks. You get home late. You go to bed late. But the alcohol is irritating you. And so now you're waking up at 3 in the morning when normally you'd sleep till 6. Mm-hmm. You see how it, it feeds on itself yeah. and builds on we've, itself. We've talked about it because you think alcohol is a depressant, right? It mm-hmm. bring you down. And while you may pass out drunk, <laughs> it's not a restful sleep and you're getting interrupted in the cycle, correct? Exactly. what happens? Yeah. Exa- and the other thing is to make it sedative. Over time, you have to constantly dose escalate it, which is why people get in the... Uh, it's we'll called see, college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, we'll see, interestingly, middle-aged aged folks who come in and they're drinking six or 12 beers a night to go to sleep. To get oh to goodness. sleep. Yeah. So it's wow. very disturbing. Okay. And they know it. You know, they're, they're struggling. They want help to not do that anymore. But now to reverse that, it takes a certain amount of effort and a plan because... They have to do that now biologically. So it sounds like this time of year, the best thing you can do, first of all, is create a plan. Yeah, I did. Don't get caught flat footed with this. And then also 
despite what the greeting cards say, be mm-hmm. selfish this time of year, Eric. How many right. times have I told you? Be but generous what, what in yourself. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. What he means by that is don't lose yourself because you know if you if you let yourself go, you're the one that's responsible for your kids and all of that. So mm-hmm. step one is making sure you've taken care of yourself. So plan and then be a little selfish with your time and make sure everyone's aware that you're doing that. Sleep right? selfishness. Yes. I think we coined a new medical term. <laughs> now, when we come back, what I also want to talk about is kids then because, okay, you know, cool. they're off of school and they're amped up and they're hyped up on candy canes and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> so when we come back, we're going to have more Eye on Health. We've got Dr. Joe Ogile from Clayton Sleep Institute. Check out his website, ClaytonSleep.com. More eye on health after these words. All right. Hey, I'm sensing a steam today with the music. Yeah. ACDC's greatest hits. It, that's right. Okay. <laughs> Very good. It's Eye on Health. My name is Michael Jones. I got Eric Beto Robert running <laughs> things over there with one ear, doing a great job. Doing my best. It's working. Yeah. It's working real well. Keeping us on the air. Hey, with all the kids you got, uh-huh. I got a question. What's that? Are you done with your shopping? Almost. So I, I uh, substantially all okay. of the shopping all right. is complete. Okay. That's a little corporate executive <laughs> trick that I learned. All. Substantially yeah. all of the shopping is, is that complete. like ninety eight percent or what is? Uh, you know, somewhere north of eighty. Oh, okay. yeah. All right. Yeah. I would call that a majority of my shopping, not substantially all of my shopping. Well, let me put it this way: but you're uh, a given the guy, so I don't given know. the ages of the children, where there are still gaps, I could figure it out if I needed to. Okay, all right. You know, but <laughs> very good. Well, yeah. good. Well, you're running out of time. Just yeah. FYI. What's that? I said you're running out of time. That's okay. We've got just a little. I bit work well under pressure. <laughs> That's true. You do. That's right. Hey, Eric. Guess what? What? We've got a special guest in studio. We do. Dr. Joe Ogile from Clayton Sleep Institute. That's right. Once again, he's giving us great information. Thank you. I hope so. <laughs> yes. What we talked about last break or before the last break was um, our sleep patterns are completely disrupted this time of year, and we were focusing on maybe some things to do from the adult side of thing which is basically plan because um, failing to plan is planning to fail. So come up with a plan this time of year and be a little selfish with your time and make sure everyone's aware of what you're doing. You're not being a Grinch or a Scrooge. You just you, you have to take time for yourself. But the other problem this time of year is the kiddos. You know, they're bouncing off the walls. Their schedules are completely disrupted because they may be off of school for a certain period of time. Um, so what... <laughs> What do we do there? What do we do to mitigate sleep problems and especially make an easy transition for when school does start back up again? So a uh, super topical and important issue. I would do the, I would bifurcate that um, in the way we were doing it during our conversation, which was the younger children and then the older children. And I would do that for several reasons. One, functionally, they have different needs and goals during Christmas and um, Eric, especially, well, and you too, Mike, you, you're you're in the middle of that, right? So the really young ones are in the midst of this sort of wide-eyed, exciting, um, they cannot wait, you know, they're so excited about all. And so mm-hmm. they have some issues related to just sheer um, emotion and getting to sleep at night. Yeah. And they're coupled with the issue, depending on your family situation, of a lot of extra obligations socially that are coupled with Tra- traveling intentions and all that kind of thing. So, um, those f- those youngsters, I think, need a fair amount of attention and deliberative decision making about um, when you're going to allow a certain freedom of going to bed. If you start that now, by the time you get to Christmas, 
um, there's going to be a, a, a fair amount of burden of them. Those youngsters have been sleep deprived. They're going to be out of sync and you could be left because when the youngsters get tired, they get irritable. Um, they're running around. They get hyperactive, as we've talked about before. It's commonly misdiagnosed as ADD because when youngsters get tired, they get hyper and can't pay attention, can't follow instruction and also have all those other things. So to some degree, we have to sweep them up with us and make a schedule and say, this is what we're going to do. And then as we get to the big day, then you loosen that up for a few days, but then don't let that go much past the middle of the, of the, the next week, because most of the grade schoolers going to back, back January 2nd or 3rd, mm, right. you've got to have them back in sync right. before New right. Year's Eve. And, and frankly, I'm, I am a Grinch about New Year's Eve. I think New Year's Eve is sort of an amateur hour, and especially for these youngsters, there's no need for them to be staying up. One, so, of, the, one of the best technological breakthroughs in the last few years are the pre-recorded ball drops yes. <laughs> right. on Netflix. Right. Kids, 8.30? Yeah. We're about to celebrate New Year's Eve, right. and you're going to bed. Yes, right. As a techie, yeah. I had you, you're so funny. I had no idea that existed. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Yeah, okay. and they're made just for the kids. You know, you got all their characters. So there you have it. There's yeah. the best yeah. new sleep technology of, of the you last heard it month. You here first, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 You're cutting edge. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's a key. The adolescent, on the other hand, there's a separate set of issues there because biologically, as you both know, as especially kids get to the high school and college ages, their biology starts to rotate them to going to bed later and getting up later. Mm -hmm. And the problem is this time of year, if we're not a little attentive to um, sharing that information with them and engaging them in that process, it can start to cause what's called delayed sleep phase where they start syndrome, where they start to uh, really biologically rotate past, say, going to bed at 11 or 11.30 they'll start to go to bed at one or two or three in the morning, sleeping most of the day, and suddenly they're in that pattern. So now we've got a real issue when it comes time for them to go back to school. So how do we break that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, one is to put a bit, first of all, education, because adolescents are smart and they want information. (laughs) He says, I think we lost Dr. Jones well, on, I, I didn't, on a particular I, I, point It there. wasn't a statement of judgment. It was a statement oh. of, of intellectual power. <laughs> Sorry. Got a little choked up there. Has that not been your personal experience? Fake Dr. news. Jones? Hashtag fake news. <laughs> All right. Go on with your theory. <laughs> Proceed. So they, they, do, they do understand it if we lay it out for them, right? Um, there may be conflict during the execution of a plan to at least give them enough leeway to be social and see their friends and so forth. It's such a diplomatic way to talk about how you'll deal with a teenager whenever you tell them they need to go. There may be conflict. Yes, there may be conflict. That's the understatement yeah. of the day. Chance yeah, of right. conflict here. It, it, nuclear war pales in comparison. But So I, I think the thing is to get engage them in that. Because, I mean, this is the same biology that when we have the conversation about delayed start times at schools, these this age group, intrinsically wants to go to bed later and get up later. So allowing them to do it some, I think, is very reasonable this time of year. I mean, they're going to anyway. So kind of being honest about it, I think, is helpful. But then keeping it from going too far. And Mm -hmm. some of that can be how we set it up, because many of these at this age group, they're still coming to a lot of events with us, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The college age and older are much more difficult. You have to sort of rationalize it, and they're going to have to make some decisions. Yeah, and pay some consequences, most likely. Sure. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Which Sometimes means that's they, the only way to learn. Yeah. Right? yeah, and of course they tend to have a little more time in January to get back in sync. The high schoolers do not. 
And that's where, uh, if you can navigate that a bit, it it, it speaks to the difficulty of this time of year. Yeah, it's tough because you don't want to be a Grinch, you know, and you... There is a freedom that comes with Christmas break vacation right. that we all remember yeah. having. But if you let them go completely off the rails, I mean, it may take a whole month before they come That's back. Exactly. And by then, maybe their grades are already in the in the tank for the next semester, right? That's a, And that's part of that conversation, yeah. right? Because you get out of the shoots in January, you're missing class in the morning, or you're showing up tardy, or you're, you're in class sleeping because you can't get to bed. That's a big deal for that age group. I think I, I think I know the answer. This is a Jail? good solution here. No, no, no. Maybe this can be in the replacement for the Affordable Care Act. Okay. Um, <laughs> kids under the age of 18 are no longer allowed to have Christmas or summer break. In exchange, the parents get it. Oh, hey. Which is how well, it should have been, though, I right? I like that. I mean, right? sign me up for that one wow. right now. The, all the adults in America are overworked. They're stressed. They're tired. They need some rest. The kids just need to stay on a schedule. I know we can I, fix this. I, I, we've, been, we've been wasting way too much time I worrying know. about all this health stuff. Done. Eric's got it all figured it's, out. Yeah, Check really, the box. Geez. Man, you need to run for Congress. This is Beto well, 2020. I mean, yeah, I would vote <laughs> That's for right. that, for sure. Right. Very good. Uh, what well, would be even better if we also made the children get part-time jobs during that time? Yeah, to defray any lost income that. Well, we then you may don't have, have. Be, you know, you don't have before and after school daycare expenses. Like, yeah. I just go to well, work part-time. They could go full-time. Yeah. They have enough time. <laughs> yeah, this is getting better and better. All Love right. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, hey, the other thing that uh, has gone unsaid so far, especially when we're talking about adolescence, is the darn phone. Mm. Uh out of control these days, getting worse. It uh. seems like it's gotten worse since we first started talking mm-hmm. about it several years ago. Oh, yeah. It's getting worse. Um, they're using the excuse of their, that there are alarms on there. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. So that's, that's so an issue. so weird that there's no other way to solve yes, that right. problem. Yeah, it is yeah. rather shocking, yes. We used to have these things called alarm clocks. Yeah. Do you remember these? I do. You'd plug them into yeah. the wall? Yeah. <laughs> I was recently somewhere where the, the individual was telling me they had the first youth customer who did not know how to tell time on a regular clock, which wow. I found, I guess they don't that teach that anymore. That does not surprise me one yeah. bit. Yeah. So um, the phone issue is getting uh, more, uh, it's more difficult, but also more important now that we engage it. You guys yeah. have been helpful in, in pushing that uh, educational envelope. Um, one, the manufacturers are doing a better job of trying to make people understand mm-hmm. uh, the blue light issue, uh, the, the setting that makes so that only emergency calls yep. come through. Yeah. I guess the negotiation there with the youngsters are if you're not willing to do that, then you, you take the phone away, yeah. right? Well, I mean, then basically it's what ev- it comes down to. Every right. year, you know, we because you talked about the blue light setting. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I think that's called dark mode or something like yep. that, and it, it kind of gives the screen a yellowish hue. Then do not disturb that, that silences exactly. notifications. Well, in the latest update, I don't know if you've seen this, Dr. Rogel, but uh, on iOS at least, they introduced a new feature called screen time. Yes, which is yes. awesome. And you I can control that. it for the kids' phones, too, from your phone if you have oh, a set oh, up so a family account. Oh, so you can account. see them. Not only can you measure it, but you can turn off different apps, uh, turn off class. So you have 30 minutes a day of games and yeah. videos. Wow. Um, yeah. But if you want to do the reading app, you can do that all, you know, until a certain time. You can set a bedtime for the phone where it disconnects from the Eric, internet after that point. this is two technology things besides the Netflix ball drop. Now yeah, this. yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's it, but I use it with the kids. And, and I, I personally, you know, as a father of five kids between the ages of two and nine, this is a real issue in, in, in a big part because of the show. You know, we're, we're technologically savvy, but also very aware of, hey, the, the real world isn't in 
this device yes you yeah. know or you know a nintendo or whatever and I, and I want them to be comfortable with that and feel understand that they're tools that are available to them but at the same time get out there colored pencils yeah. are way better yeah. than yeah. playing around in that ipad yeah you well, know there, yeah there's that thank you for sharing that i that i'd like you to show, after the show you need to show me yeah, that. it's absolutely. very interesting and i i hope your your listeners will uh take the time to learn that um there's several issues that you're you're sort of unpacking there that could almost be another show for for the two of you but one um you sleep is a learnable skill mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and when we interrupt it with things like technology we interrupt the learning of that skill so that's a big issue from my little world the other part of that world when you talk to psychologists and i think we've discussed some of this at least privately is that in adolescence and young adulthood there's a time when your your brain is forming certain uh, tracks and skills and those have relate to how we communicate with each other as human beings and um, our psychology colleagues, not anything I totally know about, but our psychology colleagues talk about how now the youngsters in their 20s and a little older are having trouble with communication from the perspective of either conflict or how to talk about things that aren't so simple, mm-hmm. not intellectually simple, but that to nook, to sort of navigate more uncomfortable conversations because they haven't had to do it. And those are so the 20 to- years old, old. Wait until the 10 year olds that we have now get to be in their mid-20s. You have, to, you have to let the therapist sit in one chair, the you know the, the kid sit on the couch, you hand them a phone and say, just text me what you're thinking yes, right that's now. What it <laughs> It'll all come out very naturally. That's what we're, he- that's what we're yeah. heading towards, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, what you're talking about is maybe a potential, not I guess not solution, but an intervention it, to it, help with that. It's it helps. A, it's it helps a crisis, a yeah. and it's not just with the kids, um, because I see it with parents too, because... The parents use the devices, and I'm not saying I'm not trying to be judgmental. I've got five kids. I feel your pain. Okay, I totally get it. It's not a babysitter, and it's a disservice to your children if you stick them with a phone for three hours Mm -hmm. every night instead of engaging with them and developing. That's a joy and a privilege, and you're seeing an entire generation of parents check out. Yeah. And they're going to wake up 10 years from now and not have that relationship with their kid because their kid has a better relationship with Twitter or Instagram than they do with their mom or dad. It's amazing to me because we started talking about this, I'm guessing, almost as soon as you came on, which would be maybe five years ago. And it seems like we all know it and we know that it's changing society and we know that it's becoming a problem and there are built-in safeguards now yeah. but it seems like the problem is just growing and growing mm-hmm. and growing but it, the, these apps are designed yeah. you for have addi- some of the ad- smartest engineers in the they're world they're designed for addiction that's right yeah, and yeah, they that's have exactly right. they're and they focused, are addicting that's and that's their business model it's, is to gather your information sell it back to advertisers and figure out how to get you to go back and scroll through that app and you know a great challenge is as we had in the new year is I, I was I've been doing this over the last couple of years and it's absolutely freeing. Try it. Delete all the social media apps. Just do it for a month. You don't need yeah. don't you, mm-hmm. you don't have to delete your account. Just give I, it a shot. I what never got you, into it, so yeah. I don't know. And yeah. you'd be surprised how nice life is when you don't care it's, what anybody put well, on and, Facebook. And secondly, we didn't know all this in the past. Yeah. So I, I think that's interesting. I know this isn't sleep related, but um this time of year I've seen people give up uh, a friend who just gave up alcohol for 10 weeks. Sure. Not for any particular yeah. reason, yeah. except that sure. he wanted to prove he could do it. And yeah, Other why people not? give up. Why not have that as sort of a, I want to prove to myself I don't need this. I will That's tell right. you this is sleep related, though, because these ki- I've s- literally seen it with my own kids. 
the social media app goes off all night long, mm-hmm. yeah. and they will wake up almost in a trance to answer these yeah. things yep. and then go right back to bed. Yeah. Couldn't agree it, more. Absolutely, they get addicted to answering yeah. the thing. Well, it's Pavlovian, right? Yes. The it, stimulus exactly comes over it, and they exactly respond to yes. it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing to break. And so Eric's idea, I, I, I like this sort of... Uh, you know, uh, well, whatever you would call it, abstinence uh, from social media for X number of weeks or months. Yeah, I just I replaced the, you know Twitter and Facebook and all that. They're they're gone now. I don't even mess with them. Um, it replaced it with the Wall Street Journal, <laughs> yeah, sure, Barrons, and yeah. you know it's like it's stuff I needed to read anyway and do mm-hmm. read. And it's like, well, and if I, if I made it through the Wall Street Journal that day, maybe I don't need to be on my phone anymore. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. If, it, it, do it, something else. It, it also, it, to some degree. We talked about anxiety, depression, all these things. You know, folks are coming in and talking to us privately and their levels of angst are rising. And then when you take the time to visit with them a bit, they're they're kind of have concerns and worries about things that um, are are a bit uh, they're out there in an abstract way that they're picking up from all the social media. And you almost have to sit down in in a completely non-medical way and say, I think we need to get that out of your life. It's disrupting your health. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had elderly people come in and they said, they're going to take away my Medicare. Yeah, right. And yeah. they're very upset about it. Yeah. And I, I have to sit down with them and be very direct and said, look, I, I want you, I want to talk to you about that. That's not going to happen. And the reason I'm talking to you about it is I see it directly harming your health. And therefore, now it's our concern together. Yeah, these, these, these things have actually pushed us further apart, mm-hmm. given us more anxiety. It's... That's why I never got into it, Eric. And I only have two phones sitting in front of oh. me right now. For the record, I'm good. Yeah, and the phones. I got to switch over. The phones are babysitting my <laughs> kids right. out there right now. All right, folks. Hey, stay tuned. More eye on health after these words. <laughs> that was an unfair statement. It's <laughs> <laughs> a rough group. That was. Ah. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know why I turned on your mic. That was. <laughs> Wait, are you, what, first of all, were you being serious? Two and a half minutes, okay. Dr. Jones. Oh, hey, very good. Hey, thanks so much, to Dr. Ogile. We've had Dr. Joe Ogile in from Clayton Sleep Institute talking about sleep problems in the holiday mm-hmm. season. Well, thank you. It's been a great hour. I really enjoy being here. You guys are great. I hope you both have a blessed Merry Christmas with your families. Uh, this is such a special time of year, Absolutely. especially with your children being both being so young. Uh, so I hope that that is just a great uh, week or two weeks that you're together, getting great sleep so you feel great all day long. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Right, right. Yes, that's the most important thing, right? That, then you can communicate more effectively sure. without your electronics. Sure. That's right. That, summed, that got the whole hour there you go. Yeah, up yeah, all in yeah, one. Yeah. A great summary, Especially actually. if you're anxious about the Affordable Care Act going away. <laughs> that's right. There, yeah. now we, Thankfully, uh, the children are not. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, they, they might be. You never know. They make the kids watch CNN in school nowadays, right, so maybe right. they are. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, if you want to find out more information about the great services Dr. Ogile offers at his practice, check out his website, claytonsleep.com. You got it. No and spaces. There's no dashes. There's no hashtags. ClaytonSleep.com. And he's got information about all his services up there. It's great. Um, sometime our website will get updated, maybe over the holiday season. We'll I will update yeah. it. Um, then you can go to ionhealthradio.com and find links to Dr. Ogile's practice and all of that. Um, and uh, so, Dr. Ogile, real quickly here before we head out, uh, we, we've talked about the importance of, of you know trying to to make a plan and stick to it and, and all of that. Uh, is it possible 
to have the best of both worlds in the holiday season where we are selfish with our sleep time, but yet we still have enough time to enjoy everything. It, it, it is not only possible, it is uh, attainable quickly. And part of that is these aren't decisions that have to be made that are, in a sense, draconian. They're just decisions to be more um, thoughtful and mindful about what we're doing. And so uh, just exactly, again, the big three, diet, exercise, and sleep, just like you're making those choices. And I think the time to make those choices is now. Um, so, Is it too late for this holiday season? No, it is. Actually, the timing's excellent. So th- most kids are not, children are not out of school yet. So kind of sitting down and making the plan of, okay, I think this is how we're going to attack this year. And limiting some of the social obligations because some of the sleep deprivation is just starting now. There's a lot of after-school activities occurring and some of that. So some of that is kind of reining that in, which sometimes the youngsters aren't too keen about initially, but doing it with purpose. And so I think this is a perfect timing. Look, your sleep requirements aren't any different. So we're living life today in a very healthy, uh, enjoyable way, many of us. So all we're doing is making different social choices in the evening without violating our current structure. So structure is the key. And I know you're both very structured. And so giving some of that to the to the listeners is the key thing. No, this is a great time of year. To, and, and now it can continue. If they'll do it now, they can continue this same issue, just filling in their little blanks in the mm-hmm. evening with different activities. And then how about at the new year where people often make health resolutions? Why not have a sleep, sleep resolution? resolution yeah. you know? this is, and let's make it now. If they do it the week before Christmas and continue it, they'll be in the groove. You know what's crazy? It's free. It is. You'll feel better. <laughs> That's right. You know? That's right. Like, it's a, what easier resolution <laughs> right. could you choose? Well, we, we've talked about this before, but when, when, when you see professional athletes who make their living, who sleep is one of the most important parts of their training regime. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and again, if we could only get our leaders in both business and politics to start to incorporate some of this, maybe they'd be less sleep deprived and a, a bit more thoughtful about things that they're doing and saying uh, in, in all aspects having to do with whether it's business or deciding on war or deciding on budgets. Um, this has gone on throughout history. Uh, hey, uh, <laughs> how much you time? 30 seconds. Go ahead. Has the government made recommendations like they have for food with the food pyramid and exercise? We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Have they made government recommendations for sleep? So they, they have had NIH consensus on insomnia, and, and there's been sleep uh, recommendations <laughs> for industries. For instance, the FAA. Okay. We should have a whole talk about uh, operating heavy equipment. There we in go. In All right, very stuff. good. Hey, folks, we had Thank Dr. You. Georgia. Thanks. Happy uh, holidays. We're going to have uh, Bob in next for On the Money. Get more at 971talk.com.